0: Turn with me to uh, De- Deuteronomy, Deuteronomy, chapter thirty. And uh, I'm going to open up a subject of um, life and death, and blessing and cursing. And um, sometimes in our New Testament theology, we'd like to eliminate any of the negative we move into grace and talking about grace and everything is covered by the blood and we 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 take a few steps away from the reciprocal effect of following the lord's commands and there is a this i'll just say this still is in effect so for example the village of Columbiana uh, allowed that, that witch 's walk. So what they did is they opened up that community, that entity, up for stuff to happen. So one of the things that we we want to do is, for the sake of the elect, pray for mercy. And there are many things the Lord doesn't want to see come into our lives. But when we compromise our walk and transgress against him, it's not even necessarily him that does it. The enemy is like this seething, anxious, zealous being... That is looking for an opportunity to break through the gate or break the collar that holds him back and enter in. And when we compromise things, we open that door. And so I watch this, uh, and uh, I watch in my own life when we compromise things, we open the door for the enemy to attack. The enemy's the Lord's broken-hearted, often like I wanted to keep you from that, and so. His mercy, like, uh, I always, I'm always crying out for the Lord's mercy, and I try to maintain a place of righteousness. And you, you can't live perfect, or none of us have achieved that. Has anybody gotten there yet? Okay. So, that's out. We're not that good at it, right? However, as soon as I'm aware that I transgress, and... And the older I get and the longer I walk with the Lord, again, we don't say this, but more is expected. Uh, there are more things I know better than. There's more things that I'm like, I need, to, I need to be better than that. I need to overcome that. I need to be on top of that. And uh, so I immediately, when I am aware that I've done something that's compromised my relationship with the Lord, something that then I, I stay, I immediately repent I, I ask for mercy. I I I and I keep in that place. And his he, he If I if I acknowledge that, if I repent, if I confess my sin to him, whatever it is, big small, it doesn't matter. It's a principle. If you practice it on little things, then you're you're prepared for. Like you're just. It's a good practice. And so I try. I keep in that place continually. Though I am I per, no, I'm not perfect. I, there are things that happen. So I, I work, at, but I work at keeping that place and, and stay, plead the blood of Jesus over my life, whatever, whatever it takes. Like I, I, I have prayer, I pray, I keep, I keep in that position, in that place. When you compromise, when an entity compromises, when a nation compromises, they open the door. And the enemy's seething to attack to kill, to steal, to destroy. that That is his nature. Even if you trust him for a moment, he'll sting you like the scorpion and look at the, the poor tortoise that carried him across the water and go, why should you have expected me to, you know, it's my nature to sting you. And so it's his nature to get us. Always the lure to step into something and then when the bat happens, like, well, you, you knew I would do that. Like, of course I would. Of course I'd mess you up and mess around with you. So, a prayer for Israel, we're talking about that today. They they continue to transgress, they open the door, they keep the door open by their transgressions. But there are the elect in within there. And bodies of true Messianic believers for their sake, we want to pray for mercy. The Lord covers them and keeps them. So all that goes into effect. There is still a need for Israel to return to the Lord. And we, we get this living in America and in our Christian churches. And we honor, we love Israel, and the Jewish people. It, it, they're rough people. Like you hear things about, it's like, it's probably true. Like, it's not that they're great golden children. They're rough and they're, they're you know, like, I remember realizing how immoral they are as a nation and you just gasp, you're, you're like, <gasps> you know. I thought you it's like, no, we're just, we're just Jewish by name and by title and we practice some things, but the reality is long, like a lot of our religious people in our nation that belong to non denominational churches. If you actually see their life, you go, you're, a, you're an elder at your church? I, I remember a man in the construction business that said, well, I was an elder at my church. And I'm like, <laughs> okay, wow. Did you use that language in the elders meetings? Like, how, you know, how did you even get in? Like, honestly, like you go, wow. <laughs> Not even attempt at, they, there's a, no, no consciousness because they're so far away from so I want to start here. I'm going to introduce uh, some things and see how it goes. And I, I, yeah, I don't want to belabor it. Just this amazing chapter, I got to here, I got towards the end, and I'm like, oh, my gosh. Because, man, I want to change. I want to move into some things and, and it reveals like what's what life's like what it's all about and what works what we're given so in Deuteronomy chapter 30 now it shall come to pass when all these things come upon you the blessing and the curse which i have set before you and you can and you call them to mind among all the nations where the lord your god drives you so for israel it was a big deal when they was sinned they always got they always got captured, taken away, and removed from their land. Our culture, you see this in our culture, in our families, we've lost the value of owning our land. That's like a, not a big deal. People are like, oh, you should rent. But th- because there's no revelation of owning land, it's a big deal, actually. Like, I remember being here and working on the, the, uh, the foyer that was between a tent and a, you know, a, sh- a shed, Pounding nails out here one day by myself, and we're watching the movie of William Wallace and, and his, you know, like he was ready to die for his land. He's like, you know, the story. And Braveheart came out and all that stuff. And so we're learning about William Wallace. We're learning about this. And, and I, I started to grasp and I went, man, I'm on my land. Of every place on the entire planet, this is my land. This is my place. I'm supposed to be here and I'm hammering shingles on I'm like and I'm this is mine you know it's like I'm having this epiphany often I my best revelations are when I'm just doing something you know doing something and, and slowly in my life I didn't have this when I was young I start getting this this real appreciation for having your land and having your place like it matters and Israel would always get removed out of their land They'd have to go and serve in another country and be captured and be slaves. And this happened often because they kept after the Lord would deliver them. It only was a matter of a generation, not even hardly ever longer than that. They were back to the same things that they got delivered from in the first place. And so let this be a lesson to you. Except for the grace of God keeps us, no matter what great mountaintop experience we've had of deliverance, et cetera, et cetera. There's a proneness in our flesh to go back to those things. We get relaxed, we start, we kick back a little, and pretty soon we're left the center, and then we're you know, yeah. So it can't all just be covered by this. You know, by grace it is but but there is a reciprocal effect we and we ha- we can't remove that we can't we have to realize there's a a response for every action there's a reciprocal response for everything for every decision and the lord does cover us and he does keep us and there'll be questions like lord if, what if i would if i would have stayed in this and and followed you 100%. It may be an un, a story never tells us. We may never know. If I wouldn't have made that bad turn in the road, like, we may never know. But once you're called and once you're, like, it's, it's, it's this thing of getting back. You get off, you get back. You go left, get back. Have a delay, get back. Don't let it stop you entirely. Keep moving. Keep going. Keep, keep correcting your course by the grace of God and crying out to him. He's talking to Israel. There, there's this, you know, this, bless, this blessing, this cursing. He's talking about their land. Verse 3, I'll continue, that the Lord your God will bring you back from captivity, have compassion on you, and gather you again from all the nations where the land, Lord your God, has scattered you. If any of you are driven out to the furthest parts under heaven, from there the Lord your God will gather you, and from there he will bring you. Then the Lord your God, in verse 5, will bring you to the land which your fathers possessed, and you shall possess it. He will prosper you and multiply you more than your fathers. So the blessing is really blessed. And the cursing is really cursed. It's really bad. But the blessing's really good. Like, it's equal. It's, it's all the way here, all the way there. Like, it's really good or it's really bad. And, and once you step into this, you're, in, you're, you're into that. Verse 6, And the Lord your God will circumcise your heart. So he's like, I will help you. I'm going to circumcise your heart and the heart of your descendants to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, that you may live. Sold. I'm in. Sign me up. Yeah? Who wouldn't? This is a good deal. Also, the Lord your God will put all these curses on your enemies. Oh, it's better yet. I mean, there's some bad enemies out there. You go, oh, it's like... When you see how bad and wicked, you go, yeah. We just talked about Hezekiah and, and the, uh, the king of Assyria. Center, center, here I go again, Senator chief, yeah, whatever his name is. Can't say his name. And he was threatening, intimidating. He was taking, capturing, taking people prisoners. He was doing all of this he comes and he, and he crossed the line and he threatened Israel mock them mock their god and once hezekiah cried out to Isaiah it was curtains Isaiah made a pronouncement against him speaks a word and it's like and tells the story this guy not only is he not going to capture you take you and plunder you He's going to hear a rumor. The guy followed a rumor back to his country and his two sons kill him. It cannot get worse than that, can it? You get murdered by your own two sons. This is the guy that was taken over the world. Who, who's, for his namesake, the Lord was watching this and, and takes full credit for it. Like this was or, organized, orchestrated. Also... The Lord your God will put all these curses on your enemies and on those who hate you, who persecuted you, and you will again obey the voice of the Lord and do all his commandments, which I command you today. The Lord your God will make you abound in all the work of your hand, in the fruit of your body, in the increase of your livestock, and in the increase of And in the produce of your land for good for the Lord will again rejoice over you for good as he rejoiced over your fathers. He'll return you to the blessing of your fathers. If you obey the voice of the Lord your God to keep his commandments and his statutes which are written in the book of the law. And if you turn to the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul. So that's always the key. No matter where you find yourself, no matter what you've done, this mercy exists, and this, this pra- practice this uh, engage in this provision. You repent. You return to the Lord, and you're and you're back on track. There may be some things to con- to some consequences to suffer from. It, it may leave a mark. But you get back for his command. This commandment, which I command you today, is not too mysterious for you, nor is it far off. This is an inter- It's just interesting. The Lord's telling them that this isn't rocket science. It's not something you can't figure out. It's not something you can attain and have. I'm telling you, it's provided for you. It is not in heaven that you should say, who will ascend into heaven for us and bring it to us that we may hear it and do it? Though actually Jesus did exactly that, didn't he? Verse 13, now is it beyond the sea, nor is it beyond the sea that nor should you should say, who will go over the sea for us and bring it to us that we may hear it and do it? Verse 14, but the word is very near you in your mouth and in your heart that you may do it. So the tragedy, even for us, modern day today, is to have access to the word of the Lord, but it not not change us. That we don't embrace it to the point that we are new and living and conformed and transformed into the image of Jesus up here. That little mysterious place behind all that bone in your mind. See, I have set before you today life and good, death and evil, in that i command you today to love the lord your god to walk in his ways and to keep his commandments his statutes and his judgments that you may live and multiply and the lord your god will bless you in the land which you go to possess but if your heart turns away to that you to so that you do not hear and are drawn away and worship other gods and serve them That seems like a long cry away from where you are today, hopefully. However, by little steps and little compromises, you'll be amazed how quickly you get too close to that. The problem with you don't want to play this game, the Lord will forgive me, because there's a hardening of your heart that takes place as you get away from him. And it's very risky. The further away you get, there's, it's, it's just difficult. It's, here's what's difficult. Believing. You have all these facts, but the enemy will make sure, loud and clear, he reminds you continuously of what you've done and how you've transgressed and will be like, you can't, you went too far. Right, he's the one that draws you away. Then he's the one that preaches to you that you can't get back. And if your mind isn't renewed, and if you you go to a pos- a place, we call this falling away. I don't even like the term backslidden. However, it is a reality. You can fall away. You can fall away. I came out of the Baptist church. We didn't believe in that. <clears throat> It's kind of funny. It's like uh, it's like saying we don't believe in divorce and there's never any divorces. You may not believe in divorce, but you get in the wrong situation and a difficult relationship, and guess what happens? And in that, in that there is it, it is it, it's like. Um, It's a real It's like no spouse can say, "Oh you, you you'll never divorce me, you can't, so I can be any bad character I want." Eh, right? Like, don't count on that, buddy. And spouses do play that game on each other when you get into marriage counseling and difficult situations, marriages, and maybe some of you experienced that. The first thing that comes out, especially men are really guilty for this. They're really prone to pull this, this card out. If they're Christians, oh, you can't divorce me. You're not, you're not allowed. And, and they'll, they'll live like the devil and, you know, be the, be the, you know, the husband from hell and think they're, they're safe. doesn't matter what I do to you. It doesn't matter how I act. doesn't matter. It's like, and, and the same, in your walk with the Lord, there's this promise that he'll never leave us and he won't. But don't, don't play that game with your life, with your walk with the Lord. And, and God's telling all of Israel this. But if your heart turns away so that you do not hear and are drawn away and worship other gods and serve them, I, I announce to you today that you shall surely perish, you shall not prolong your days, in the land which you cross over the Jordan and, in, and go in to possess. I call heaven and earth as witnesses today against you that I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose life that both you and your descendants may live. And this is the verse that, I, that captured me. And I'm like, whew, I, I just felt I'm like I've got to start here. There is a principle here. There, there is something here. It goes on to finish off the chapter, that you may love the Lord your God, that you may obey his voice, that you may cling to him, for he is your life and the length of your days, and that you may dwell in the land which the Lord swore to your fathers, to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob, to give them. What I saw in this verse... Is that there are many things in our life that as believers, we're called to. We have all of this uh, uh, the, the, this these help this these tools, these these scriptural principles to to believe and to overcome and to have power and, and all of this, it's, it's given to us, and yet we, we live our lives like um, things should just line up. And you'll find people that are angry and mad because life isn't turning out the way they want. The reason I'm diving into this is I've been reluctant to um, look at the principles of quantum physics It's not that I'm smart. It's just that when Christians, believers, Christian leaders, begin to look at quantum physics and what it was, the elements, the the basic elements, not the big head knowledge stuff about it, but the conclusions and the summary of it, they all come to this conclusion. This sounds like kingdom of god stuff this sounds like if you say to that mountain be thou removed and cast into the sea and believe in your heart that it will happen it will be done to you it it's that stuff and I was reading a book by, uh, which I'm not prone to read Charles Caps stuff, but he was a faith teacher, talked about angels, et cetera, et cetera. Then he has a daughter. And I think it was Janet that's walking around with this little booklet in her purse when I started talking about um, Charles Capps. I have this book by his daughter, Annette, that was written in uh, 2003. She goes, I don't go anywhere without it. And it's called Quantum Faith. And um, there's a quote in here that Charles Capps made. I think, Phyllis, are you going to go? I know she had me buy a bunch of these, these um, booklets for her women. Are you going through the, this on with your women? Anyway, it's oxen. Excellent. Um, I'm looking for the place where, oh, you know what? That might have been... Um, no, no, I need that quote. I have it real close here where her father makes this statement... That, because like I said, he was a big faith guy. Did you find it? Huh? Can you find it? Um, I, mm-hmm. I, ha- I wrote it down on my notes in my other book and I don't have it. And he's, he was talking about the days coming. Oh, yes. Yes. Some things which have been required have required faith to believe will no longer require faith, for it will be proven to be scientific fact. Now, that's a really nuts statement. But when you discover and you learn about this, um, you realize that what you believe is controlling everything around you we make choices what you do and believe affects everyone and everything around you you actually create your own ra- reality your perception of life becomes Your life, your perception of life becomes your life. Now, I want you to think about your belief system. So, we make the initial steps to come to Jesus, right? Faith in Him, we pray, we repent, we do the stuff, we know Him, we walk with Him, but often our mind isn't renewed, we're not changed. We're still talking like the old person. We're still believing like the old person. We, we've not, not changed. And um, <clears throat> she writes in her booklet, in order to change your circumstances or anything in your life, you first go to the controlling beliefs in your life and and this was what was in is in jesus words you read this and you go you go back to speak to this mountain or in um i think it was in mark eleven three, 3 speak to this uh, mulberry tree be thou you know be thou pulled up be pulled up by the roots and thrown and planted in the sea and if you believe in your heart it, it will be so. So it's kinda like the relatives come to visit you and you know, or friends, and it's like, hey, what'd you do with that tree? Well, you know, I, I moved it to the front yard, I didn't like it back here anymore. I told it to go to the front yard. I believe with my heart that it would, and yeah, and there it is. Storybook or reality? jane hammond who i've recently connected with with her writing teachings and her books and and now uh, we have this book by, um, by her declarations for breakthrough her many many other of our leaders are talking about this finding this uh, emerson farrell's writing I have a book on my desk uh, quantum fasting and Jane went into this. Um, she was. She's starting to. All, all of them. They're looking. They're looking at this, and she gets on a plane. If I can find find that quote, she gets on a plane, and she sits down beside somebody, and she's like, "What do you What do you do?" Chapter nine. Chapter nine thank you, dear. And um... oh, I can't find the page I'm not I'm not in the right place she asks what he does and he says I teach quantum physics at a university and she's like oh I want to talk to you he he proceeds to tell her I've got to be oh it was in the quantum chapter of course it was what's wrong with me And uh, she says, I want to talk to you. And he talked with me about the quantum realm and how the study of quantum physics is actually causing some scientists to acknowledge that there has to be a creator or at least some sort of intelligent design. So we see, we were taught about atoms and et cetera, et cetera, but there are smaller particles than that. And when scientists begin to study these and look at these microscopes, they've experienced one of many phenomena that you can't see certain parts until they look at them and then they appear. They, They respond. And so we have Jesus saying this really crazy thing. Speak to that mountain. Mountains are big, huh? Speak to that mountain and declare it to be moved and cast into the sea. And it, it will do, it will obey you. Because we, we look and we believe, we, we change things. And you can watch people and their lives. And if you realize that what we think creates our reality, your your negative thoughts how often I've been talking about this dabbling in it recently be careful what you declare and our emotions and our feelings in every in many situations will cause us to run off at the mouth something happens to your finances and all of a sudden you're going to lose your house you're going to lose the car you're going to you know it bad things are going to happen and so We declare with emotion and emphatically very bad things. I was horrible for this. Phyllis was ready to kick me to the curb over it. Like, get in, get out, become a faith person, or, you know, go shoot yourself. You know, this is like, you're killing us. You want good things. You want, you know, nice things, but you don't believe for anything. Like, that was, like, a hard thing to hear, but it was good. It was true. Like, wow. I didn't have a grid for truly believing and standing and, and, and going after, after these things. Everything had to do with how it looked, how it felt. And it was if, if I could, I don't know, I was, was I trying to attract sympathy from heaven and earth? If I put on a bad enough limp like the killed deer that makes its nest out in the driveway... You know, here's, here's my mode of operation. If someone comes near the nest, what, I run around like I'm lame and limp and make, you know, rah, 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 rah. they're funny. You know, I'll know what kill doer aren't you? Aren't you? Don't you? They're just hilarious. And, and if they don't get your attention the first drama act, they'll come back around and give you another swipe, you know? They don't attack you. They're like, I'm hurt. Come and chase me, you know? Get away from the nest. It's funny. Is that what we, sometimes our prayers are that way, our, our personal, our talk, our self-talk. We can be so, so negative about things. And as the Lord reveals to us who we really are and reveals how we, we become awake to what we really, really have and, and what we affect, there comes this place where you go, If you don't like your life, like, realize is probably what you created to some extent. Did you speak prophetic things over your children, or did you find every fault they had and irritated with them because they weren't acting like you? Probably, thank God, but anyways... Instead of declaring that they would overcome, that they would be well, they would find their way. And this is challenging. It's very hard. I'm not talking about things that are easy to deal with. It's so easy to go there, to go that direction. We see negative things. I, I just bless the people that did go to Columbiana. There was, they had a good attitude. It's so different when you go, we're not afraid of you, and there's, there's a greater power. And go in peace. We don't have to be angry. We don't have to go be out to take people off the planet. Though you feel like that sometimes. But rather a declaration. Like what it is. Israel, their worship, their praise, this always showed up. That was how they, they conquered things. Great, great things by coming, praising, worshiping, getting the spirit. And in that time, it's hard to have a bad attitude when you're worshiping and praying and praising. And you begin to envision and begin to see. And you speak to things that are not as though they were, which is what Jesus said. That's what he, what he did. And we, we take a move. There's a lot to learn about this. I'm kind of giving it an intro to it. But it's fascinating. And then and Jane begins to talk about this. She talks about what quantum is. Um, and she uses this verse in Isaiah 48.3. I foretold the former things long ago. My mouth announced them, and I made them known. Then suddenly I acted, and they came to pass. So we prophesy, we see these things, we, we speak, and often suddenly... Quantum leap is a sudden and significant change or increase, increase, something sudden, spectacular, vitally important, a sudden, highly significant advance or breakthrough. And she she begins to talk about how often it's suddenly that the change takes place. This is what happens when we learn, when we have an encounter with Jesus. Bam! Right? Right? Everything changes, like the children of Israel coming out of Egypt after Passover. Bam! One minute they are slaves, the next moment they're declared free. The the thing actually did happen fast, didn't it? It happened suddenly. When we encounter Jesus, our Passover lamb. bam! A lifetime of slavery, bondage, addiction, fear, sin is destroyed in a moment. We leap out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of God's son, the kingdom of light. This is a time of quantum leap. Freedom is people's God's people experience and appropriate the power of the cross on a whole new level. One moment you are sick, then bam, you are suddenly healed. When the healing comes, it's usually like those are boom. When you believe for it, you speak. I don't know the formula, like, But when a true healing comes, it's almost always quick. One moment you are bound by darkness and oppression, then bam, the light of God, God's love makes you free, full of joy, full of light. One moment you are poor with nothing working for you, then bam, God turns things around, releasing his divine favor. I've got to read this story. Um, We had a couple in our church whose company was seriously affected by an economic downturn. They had a contract with the state for $1.5 million, which got canceled due to the recession. They were living on savings and thought perhaps the whole company would need to close its doors. So they're looking at it through the eye, the natural realm, which we all did. It's like, uh, it looks like we're going to have to close, close up shop. going to, have to file bankruptcy we're gonna to have to quit doing this it's not working one Sunday they heard me preach a message about the spirit of robbery based on Exodus 22 7 which says if a thief comes and steals from you they have to return double twofold and there's a whole long as in most Jewish laws there's there's a whole lot of complicated things that but it always comes down to this they return twofold. Steal from me. You have, when you get caught, you, get, you have to return that double, two, twofold. If caught, a thief must restore double. They looked at each other and said, we have been robbed. So this was a paradigm, this was a moment for them. You can feel it. Like all of a sudden, instead of just being victims, instead of just blaming it on the government, we've been robbed. They just like, They just acknowledge a a truth, we've been robbed. They didn't beat themselves up. Why did we try this? What and all the things you do. Especially if you have money involved in this. Especially if it's making you look stupid. Especially if you're invested. So the next week, they reapplied for their contract with the state, wrote a decree, sowed an offering, and had us pray over all of it. I felt led by the Lord to say to them that the government would tell them no at first before saying yes. So they got a word. They're going to, you're going to reapply. You're going to do this. That's good. We're praying over it. But at first they're going to say no. Then they're going to turn around and say yes. The most significant thing, don't miss this, is this switch of attitude from being a victim to going no. I want my stuff back. No, this, this isn't the way we're gonna live. No, this isn't the answer. No, this isn't where the Lord's left us. The next week, they got a call from the governor's office saying that their application for funding was being denied. They were told they would could apply again the following year. After the call, they got excited saying, they told us no. Next, they're going to tell us yes, right? They believed and decreed the prophetic word. Two days later, they got another call from the governor's office. The individual said, well, it seems that your application for funding has been approved. But as we looked into your file, we found you should never have been defunded in the first place. So we're going to restore last year's funding for one and a half million dollars. But then double this year's funding to three million Your company should be receiving a check for four and a half million dollars in the next couple of weeks. The (laughs) store, do I have your interest yet? The story does not end there. The couple got subsequent phone calls from the offices of both the governor and the and the senate regarding funding for their company, expressing the desire to accelerate their project. Their annual funding was increased from 3 million to 9 million to 17 million to 25 million, all because they decided not to take no as their final answer. And again, add in a prophet's declaration, a declaration, a prophetic word, and something to latch onto with their faith, and they did. And that created a quantum leap, a transition that was unexplainable, actually. That is the dynamics of faith. And it's arrested me because I'm real aware of my stronghold, the strongholds in my mind that limit me and hold me back. And Jesus has given us all the stuff all the scriptures to renew our mind about who we are in him so that we can stand and that we can believe and that we just have the courage to declare good things even when bad things look bad when things look bad whether it's a cloud in the sky or whether it's a threat from the the bank or whether it's a relationship that's gone sideways you know the lord truly can heal all of those things. The Bee Gees asked the question, how do you mend a broken heart? Jesus, it's really the only way I know. But he does mend broken hearts. And he makes them new again. They're not eternally damaged. He's able to restore, renew what's been broken, what's been taken away. And when you get to the place to just go, yes, I can see a new heart. I can see a relation and start declaring a relationship. We go around declaring the negative. I mean, we're so bad about this. It's still in us. I, I'm, I'm working on it and it still shows up. I'm like, oh gosh, I just, I just made another negative de- declaration A negative opinion my negative opinions are even worse than my good ones like they're really still opinions yeah but remember this when Jesus went into this realm of if you say to this mountain if you say to this if this mulberry tree there's no other explanation for those scriptures like he doesn't lie he doesn't tell us things that can't happen He's not the liar. Every man is. God is not. Take heart. Take a chance. If you have to get by yourself to do it with nobody looking, believe for something impossible. See what happens. And just stand there. You'll feel really naked. You'll feel really like I'm losing my mind. This is truly impossible. In this realm, it, it, in the present realm, it is. But the quantum physics people go, but in that realm, if you can tap into it, everything's possible. These are scientists saying this. Scientists. If they're Christians, they became Christians. After they discovered there's something there's something phenomenal here. I've been hearing it. I'm like, "Wow, that's like over my head. I'm like, and I, I've begun to go. "Hmm." I'm intrigued. To become intrigued with something, you'll stay on it and you'll probably get a breakthrough because you're like, I got to find this out. I've got to discover this. And the Lord wants us to discover. He wanted Israel to discover this. He's given them everything. And then He says to you, I'm giving you today the power. I'm giving you life and death, blessing and cursing. And you get to choose. I want to choose life and I want to choose blessing. And just making that decision, he's like, I've got your back. That's the promise of the word from beginning to end Old Testament, New Testament. You make that stand and and I got you. I got you. I got you. And how can you go wrong? We bought a, um, for Jace's birthday, we bought him a little bicycle, cute, you know, he doesn't like to ride things that well, but it's still, we bought it, sit in the garage, you know, the other day for a few minutes, I got him to ride his bike and there's a little handle on the back end of the seat. I'm like, that's brilliant. Who, you know, so you're going to actually walk around, you know, walk behind them and, you know, hold the Lord put a handle on your backside, you know, and he will hold you up when it's hard to learn to ride it's hard to walk in this when you need you know you need um training wheels and every other thing you know cables and ropes and you know whatever we need was we start out it's scary but oh my if we can just keep moving forward and stand and go wow this isn't about performance it's not about how smart i am it's about jesus said And he's actually designed you with your declarations. Give voice to the word. It's powerful. Don't just put it under your pillow. Speak it. That's when it really comes to life. Declare. And so let's let's keep pushing into this and learning and moving forward. And uh, we need this desperately. We need it. We need all the Lord's provision. Father, we thank you in Jesus' name for all that you do for us. We ask for your grace, your help. We're, we're simple-minded and simple-hearted sometimes. and We know we try your patience. You've given us so many promises, so many good words. So, Father, give us just a grace. Help us. Give us angels to help us to get over our humps, and to renew our minds we will look at your Word, and we will just choose to believe what you're saying about us and who we are in your Son, and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.
1: That we, as we receive, we are going to elevate our expectations of who he is as a father to us. So, Father, thank you today. Thank you for this house that we get to come in and plug into heaven. Father, we declare that you are a big God. And we raise our level today of who you are to us, of what you can do in our lives, of the power of your son, the power that's in the the body and the blood that we receive. Father, you are so good. You are so good. Your your intention towards us is not that we live in desperation. And you have great, you have great expectations for us. Father, thank you. Thank you for your son. Thank you for our salvation, amen.